to the CavsCorner.com podcast. CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the Palatial Franklin States in the West End of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, September the 16th. Virginia should be opening <laughs> its 2020 season in a few days. Um, spoiler alert, that's not happening. Um, yet again, Virginia throwing a curveball. Uh, for at least three hours there, there was another opener, and now it will be uh, next weekend uh, at 4 p.m. on the ACC Network against uh, Duke. Um, we are no doubt going to talk about everything that went into um, that postponement of the season-opening matchup in Blacksburg um, that felt... it. it it's funny, because I, f- I feel like on the podcast last week, and I don't remember exact words I used, but I said something to the effect of, oh, it's close enough now. Well, no, it's not. Nothing's ever close enough in 2020. And you just got to be ready. Um, so anyway, we will talk about that. We're going to talk um, in this extended preseason. Uh, now that we've already done our predictions, we'll get we'll get to what we're I don't know we're calling it the ghost picks, uh, or the ghost predictions, or whatever, or the zombie season. But anyway, we're going to kind of as the season goes on, per, assuming there are any games to get played, we're going to talk a little bit about um, you know the games that should have been played, um, and and kind of. T- uh, I don't want to say I don't know if we'll pick them each week, but, but I kind of feel like we'll pick them. And we'll, anyway, we'll get to that later, and then in between, we'll, we're going to get into our prop bets, which uh, we have a lot of fun with each year. So, Ferber has got a, a lot of good stuff cooked up for us. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody first in Fishersville. David Spence is back on the program. How's it going, my dude? It's freaking great, Brad. It's been like six months since I've seen my favorite team compete uh, in a revenue sport. Camp couldn't be better, really. Who days on the board? At who days on Twitter? And up in, Arlington, salty now. <laughs> up in Arlington, staff writer Justin Ferber is also on this here episode. What's going on, man? Yeah, here's to a here's to a week where hopefully no one tweets at us and asks us if we've heard the rumors, um, because the rumors are almost always bad. <laughs> so uh, let's just hope that doesn't happen at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. And Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner, great place for uh, heaven be some at some point. Uh, and you can't see me because it's not a video po- medium, but I'm holding my hands up. Heaven, please let me do some in-game updates at some point. Uh, and it's not just uh, content items and the occasional witty banter. All right. So the other night, I don't know. I don't know if I got any of it Thursday night, but it was a good part of Friday and certainly Friday night. There was these rumblings about UVA and tech. And I, I still am not really clear. And y'all are going to have to help me out on the TikTok of this and how this is even friggin' possible. But this thing went from like tech fans essentially saying UVA was trying to get out of the game to then UVA releasing its numbers and basically being clean since July the 5th. Um, there were a handful of uh, positive tests in the athletic department, not on the football team, um, which has you know been clean, I guess. I think it was July the 5th. Um, but the positivity rate is like less than a percent uh, or whatever. Anyway, um, and then continuing to run with this idea that UVA was trying to duck the game. And then Saturday morning, I wake up, and I think it was Dave's text that I saw first that was like, I, I don't know if he said, ah, uh, S, am I allowed to say shit? I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was because uh, it was David Teal, I believe. Was the yeah, first yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he yeah, was he like, that. news coming. And I was like, well, well the game was <laughs> scheduled. And I was like, oh, yeah. God. But I mean, the night before that, it was already sort of moving in. The, it's it felt like there was a lot more smoke out there about it. Um, I certainly saw some stuff on on Friday night that from Tech's end that indicated that, you know, a lot of people like that that are doing the like whelp, but they're not actually saying what the thing is because I don't know. People do that sometimes. Um, the stuff about UVA having positives was like a little earlier in the week, 
And it came from, I'm not going to say who it was, but it came from, I believe, somebody that covers Tech's program. And there was nothing to it. Um, obviously, they were the ones that had the issue. But even then, I mean, the people on their end weren't reporting that they didn't have any problems. They were reporting, ah, oh, both teams, everybody's got people in the quarantine. So it just kind of broke bad Thursday night, I guess, when they got their results back. Yeah, um, it certainly seems that way. I, I, I guess I, I want to get into several different pieces of this, all right? Um, first, how do I put this without getting fired? Um, wait, I'm my own boss. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, can I just Who tell you... Who in the power position is listening to this right Right, now? right exactly. All right, in, in the grand scheme of, of, of things, right, school saying, hey, We've got a whole bunch of dudes testing positive and also guys we need to hold out for contact tracing. We would like to postpone the game. If you had substituted literally any other school, right? If you'd said it was Boston College, right? Or you'd said it was um, said it was Duke, right? No, I, I don't. I, I think the needle moves a little bit because fr- folks would be frustrated that the opener got postponed again. Um, and again, for those three hours where it felt like UVA wasn't going to open its season until October the third in Clemson, um, man, that was that was rough. But I think the fact that it's tech, and because a whole lot of us, even if we're not like intimately involved in the program, maybe we don't keep track of everything to do. We kept track with enough, and the smoke coming from Blacksburg for a long time has not been positive. I don't think that there's any way around that, right? Like. Ever since Caleb Farley's um, comments to, to Peter King that day, it just has never felt like, uh, and especially as somebody who covers a program which is like, I don't know, super duper focused on it, it just never felt like Tech was taking it seriously. Now, that's my point of view from however many hours away from just what I read, right? So I, I, I'm, I'm fully admitting that like I have, um, I have no real like dog in the fight, right? But it's certainly from the outside looking in, it, it walked like a duck and it talks like a duck. And that duck didn't necessarily seem to be caring a whole lot about the coronavirus, right? So then this stuff comes out. And I mean, I, I think even adding into that, the idea that tech won't say publicly like how many positives they have. Um, but yet then we're all just supposed to go, oh, that's, you know, that's unfortunate they had to postpone the game when it kind of, it can't, it's hard to not think about it and think, man, part of this at least is driven. Yes, that there's a explosion of cases in Southwest Virginia, but also that like maybe these dudes didn't take it seriously when they should have. Um, and man, the floodgates of <laughs> that frustration just billowed out everywhere. Um, now we've had a few days to sort of, I don't know, process it all, put it into the appropriate boxes. It certainly helps that the ACC move quickly to put Duke uh, on Virginia's schedule, or, excuse me, move that game up. Uh, and kudos to them for doing that. Dave, you are our uh, <laughs> you are a resident uh, hokey hater. Um, you've had several days now. Do, do you feel any differently now than you did in those three hours when it was going to be October before you got to see Virginia play football? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I've kind of moved on from it. It's it's like I'm still annoyed by the whole situation, but I do think you're right. I do think I was thinking about it before we came on air tonight. Like if this had been, you know. Wake Forest or Boston College, a team that obviously there's not <laughs> such bitter relations with, if it had bothered me as much? And the answer is no, it wouldn't have. Like, I'd have been upset because I want our team, you know, I want to see see our boys play. 
like um but you know it, because it's tech it just makes it yeah i definitely think it, it makes it you know a lot more gut you know guttural reaction to it like you know i was angry at first um and of course like i'm like of course you know of course it was tech like schools are doing well with their covid you know with you know their um covid protocols are not usually fearful of releasing data um and so you know lack of transparency and then obviously you know what farley had to say and the fact that fuente never came out and like denied it you know it was all kind of non-denials and non-confirmations which is essentially you know confirming it's true um and it just gets back to what i you know what i talked about a month or two ago like to me like programs with culture are gonna do better than those who don't um and you know so, so far virginia's seen it now there there's the fan part of me who wants to say you know look at Virginia Tech and joke on them publicly and everything, but also understand the reality of, you know, what's on the ground. Like, you know, Virginia has been really good. Everyone's been really focused, but they were really focused with the expectation that they were starting the season against Georgia. And then that got pushed. And then it was VMI for what felt like 20 minutes. Um, And then it was Virginia Tech. So that's easy stuff to focus on. And Bronco kind of mentioned his coaches show last night, like having a, having a goal makes it a lot easier to make the sacrifices. Um, that said now, now I'm not having the Virginia tech game on, on the schedule and starting with Duke, who's, you know, still a good opponent in what, 10 days or whatever it'd be nine days from when the podcast goes live. Um, like that's, that's another thing to look forward to, but maybe the guys loosen up and all it takes is one guy making a mistake and you can have an outbreak. So I, I don't want to not, I don't, <laughs> I understand Virginia fans like pounding their chest saying, look at us and look at you, but you know, that thing can turn pretty quickly. So I'm trying not to go down that bandwagon. Um, you know, going, going down that trail, uh, with the rest of the, the bandwagon fans who were upset about, you know, the game being canceled because it can turn quick. Like, you know, everyone's living in a glass house when it comes to COVID. What do you think, Ferber? You're our re- You're usually the guy who has the, the, the steady as she goes of the group. Yeah. I mean, I think what Dave just said is very true. I think, you know, there's not a lot of like, you know, I wouldn't take like a victory lap on any of this stuff. Obviously for one COVID is a pandemic. It's not a competition. Um, you, you want your team to do well with it, but you want everyone to do well with it. Um, and I think that gets lost in it sometimes. And, and like Dave said, I mean, and also, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and like carry water for Justin Fuente or whatever, but we don't really know what happened there. I mean, yeah, they could have had a bunch of guys not doing what they were supposed to be doing, but they also could have had one or two guys that messed up and screwed it up for everybody else. And that's a much different reality. Um, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, what happened is, is happened and and we got to move forward from it. Um, Hopefully everybody's fine. You know, hopefully nobody got really sick, and hopefully UVA's players continue to test negative. Um, and I think that's a, the important thing is if you do what you're supposed to do, your chances of getting COVID are much lower than they would be if you don't. Um, and that's pretty obvious. But at the same time, that doesn't necessarily, you know, you're a stray cough or sneeze away from having a problem. You know, especially if you're in classes and, and other areas where you might be exposed to more people. And I think UVA is trying to limit those exposures, but you know, and they and they do deserve. I mean, I'm not the victory lap thing. I, I think they do deserve credit for what they've been able to do so far. Um, you know, not a lot of schools have had the numbers of of good test results that they've had. But at the same time, I think even Bronco admitted yesterday, like, 
you're only as good as your last results and, and things can change. So, I mean, you have to kind of roll with the punches and understand that, you know, th- this thing, you know, there, this might not be the last game that gets moved or canceled. I almost bet that it won't um, on UVA's schedule. So, I mean, you kind of have to be able to adapt and get used to, you know, those sorts of realities. I, at the same time, I don't blame the players for being upset, you know, like, they're dealing with a reality that is not their normal college reality, and they've agreed to do that with the promise that they'll be able to play. Um, and and I still believe that they'll get their games in and have a good season and everything, and, and hopefully everybody stays healthy. But, you know, it's got to be frustrating when you're that close to the target and then it, it falls apart, seemingly not because you guys did anything wrong, but somebody else couldn't hold up their end of the bargain, theoretically anyway. So I, I get the frustration. I get the chirping that was, you know, on Twitter on Saturday. That I get it. Um, I would just, you know, caution people that the situation evolves constantly. Um, and, you know, we, we don't know what the future holds. And hopefully, you know, good things continue to happen for them. But, I mean, this is, this is just one potential, te- you know, taste of what could be coming. And... Hopefully things just keep going in the right direction and guys just keep focusing on what they need to do because I think this is a good cautionary tale for them, if nothing else, right? Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. I was going to say, I was going to say, like, I think the one thing that gets missed in this discussion or maybe doesn't get mentioned enough is, like, what role the schools play in in their players' lives, right? Um, and I thought Bronco was really eloquent last night on on the coaches' show with with Dave Kane. Um, I mean, he talked at length, as he likes to, you know, about the way things have structured, the studying he's been doing. Um, and I, mean, I, I don't want to, I'll kind of paraphrase his quote, but he basically says, you know, coaches preach all the time that I'm about, you know, my players and their safety. He's like, but the numbers prove maybe you're not. Because um, that's what it boils down to. Like, these players aren't back on campus for school because most of their schools are remote. They're back on campus to play football. So it's... And I'm, you know, not just Virginia, not just Virginia Tech, everywhere. So when you see these outbreaks and you see what, I guess what frustrated me, frustrated me the most about the Virginia Tech situation is that they kind of seem like they want to stick their hand, their head in the sand and not be honest about what's going on down there. Um, I know we talked about it off air, but like you go back to when Fuente was asked about the Myrtle Beach trips, like he didn't confirm nor deny that, like you got to be able to deny that, right? Like you got to be able to say, Hey, Hey, I know my players didn't leave you know, Myrtle beach isn't 10 minutes down the road. That means I didn't know where my players were for 48 hours. So they might have gone to Myrtle beach. Um, meanwhile, Bronco last night, like laid out that every minute of the player's time is, is scheduled. Like they're accounted for, they have to do virtual check-ins. Some of the players are getting bed checks. Um, so like you, if your coach, and even if they're not doing it for whatever reason, like I think it's a disservice to their players. If you're not going to offer your players that structure to keep them safe, like I think maybe sometimes we forget this is, you know, a pretty big, <laughs> a pretty significant illness. I know a lot of guys in their like kids, you know, people in their 18 to twenties, maybe don't get, you know, don't die from it, but it's still a very severe illness. We, and you're talking, you know, I, I don't want to name a significant portion of Virginia Tech's roster is reported to have been either positive or, or quarantined, obviously. Um, so you start talking about that many kids getting it. To me, like it becomes not just a not just a hey, we should have had football, but like what are you doing for your kids? Like the, the kids you're asking to make a sacrifice, they're amateur athletes, they're not getting paid, they're getting scholarships. 
and you can't provide either the the want to, the discipline, or the structure for them to stay safe, and you're making what millions of dollars a year. To me, that's the most aggravating part of all this. Yeah, and and just real quick, like I, this isn't necessarily just about Justin Fuente or anybody in particular, but you kind of can you can see the difference between somebody like Bronco who gets into the the structure of everything and and ha- clearly enjoys coaching college football and and all of the challenges that come with it but also you know the potential rewards and and the, it's just a different sport but you can also see like some coaches just want to coach football and that this that shows during a time like this you know what i mean like you you understand why guys like i don't i'm not trying to pick on chip kelly but like he goes to the nfl because you just focus on football you don't have to worry about recruiting and all this other stuff that's one thing recruiting and, and that sort of thing is very trivial compared to a pandemic so i mean like i think that's you're seeing the cracks in the foundation in that area in some places um not just at virginia tech either i mean like other schools i mean you kind of I think some places it's like hey all you guys need to take care of what you you know your business and and be safe and everybody says okay and that's like you know as far as it goes and then Bronco's like you know what I'm I'm gonna put you in a position to be successful um and you're just gonna have to to agree to do that or or maybe you should just opt out because that's the way we're gonna do it as a team right a couple things um while I'm listening to you guys kind of go through things one you know I've said this on the show, gosh, how how many times, you know, two things can be true at once. Right. And this is definitely a situation to me, at least where there are multiple truths um, that are happening at the same time. It is true that if you came to the conclusion from having seen from the outside, what tech has or has not done, uh, has not talked about, has not confirmed, has not released, um, what have you about this, this pandemic it's, I think it is fair for folks to expect that uh, in some way, shape, or form, what has happened there is in, some, is, is in some ways related, right? You can't say with certainty, right, that it is because. Because is, is, a, is a slippery slope. But it, it, I think it's, it's beyond the acme of foolishness to think that it's not related, okay? Today's point about culture we got to remember, like, this was a coach, head coach who, like, not that long ago was, was, was looking to leave. Now, that's not to say that there aren't plenty of coaches who have plenty of successful seasons the year after they think about leaving, right? I'm just saying that, like, everything since that time has felt odd, right? You've got a defensive coordinator who's been there forever who's gone. You, you look at all the changes there. It, I think for Virginia fans especially, it's, it's understandable why they feel the way they feel, Um I do think that the puffing of the chest is is in some ways problematic simply because it implies a certainty that you just can't have in this thing, right? I, I, I'm not sure if I believe that it's like one you're one straight off away, but it, it wouldn't be hard, right? It wouldn't be that difficult for a kid to sort of get out of line um, and bring it back, and next thing you know, you're you're dealing with a with an outbreak of your own. That being said, um, I don't think that it's – I think I think it would be, to, to mention foolish again, I think it would be foolish to think that there haven't been players at UVA who have been outside those lines, right, who have messed up, who have broken those protocols, who probably have gotten punished for it, right? It's, it, it's not realistic, I think, to think that every single dude on that team has been on the straight and narrow. But the bottom line is the same, right? By an inch or by a mile, they got no, they got no positives. Um, 
I think it's understandable and fair for folks to be angry. I think it's understandable and fair why you guys are like, hey, y'all be careful in that glass house. I mean, glass houses have high rent, right? Like, and eventually you got to pay it. Um, and it is very UVA fanish to me <laughs> for folks to be sort of worried about it, right? Like, you know, Virginia fans are typically the ones who don't like to talk smack because they're a little bit worried about it coming back around on them. Whereas normal, normally other fans don't really care about that. They just sort of just say whatever they think and they put it out there. Um, but the bottom line is the same, which is to me, and I tweeted about this on Saturday morning as I, I talked to a former player and he's, you know, kind of explained, he's like, you don't have any idea like how isolated these kids feel. And if your anger and frustration comes from that place, I can't say anything to you because that's exactly where I am and, and where I still am today. Like, it's great that they, that the ACC figured out a way for Virginia to play sooner. Um, it's great that, um, you know, that the, um, that the, that the opportunity for them to play is in front of them again and that there is a set date. But to Bronco's point in that, in my column that I quoted from last month, like that is that, that emotional strain, it, it wears on you. And to be frank, you know, the three of us, we talked about this offline that one of the things we worried about when this thing broke this weekend was that like, now you would have some guys who would be like, why, why am I doing all this? And next thing you know, they've, they've gone and created a, a problem for the program. Um, I mean, but it could go the other way too. True, like and, that, and, that, and I think like, that's they, one they of the. They say, you know what? Like we can't afford to do that. Right. Look, this is what happens. This is what happens, right? And and I do think, and this is, you know, Charles Snowden is one of the most outspoken, um, probably one of the most outspoken players I've ever covered at UVA. Um, he doesn't seem to to sort of uh, recess into the shadows in the way that some stars at UVA have. I mean, he seems to to be more than willing to put himself out there. Um, and he did on this and had some back and forth with some tech players. And I mean, quite frankly, his, his sort of putting it, putting it out there wrote a check. I think that he has to, that his leadership has to cash, right? Um, he's got to be able to get his guys uh, of the same mindset. And I'll be honest. I, I think that thing, you're exactly right. It could go two ways. You could have the guys who are disillusioned and you can have the guys who had reinforced their resolve. Right. And, We'll, we'll find out. I mean, ultimately, like, the problem with this is, like, there's no way to know whether you had an outbreak because, you know, somebody made an honest mistake or whether you had an outbreak because a bunch of dudes were being knuckleheads, right? A bunch of, uh, you know, adults in supervisory roles are being knuckleheads. You know, I don't personally agree that tech shouldn't be releasing its its stats. I, f- I feel like the, f- the idea that they that they defaulted to that shows me that they would rather it not be out there. Um, I would much rather the ACC say to every school, here's the, you know, here's the blueprint, put it out there, just like they did with injuries and stuff, right? Um, but at the end of the day, right, Virginia's going to play football, we hope, soon. Um, you know, if, if Virginia, Virginia Tech play in December and, you know, they got a full squad and UVA's in the midst of a, of an outbreak or something and they've, you know, they're missing, you know, a handful of really important players. You know what? Every Virginia fan will use it as the, as the crutch that it is. Um, it's unfortunate that it happened. And certainly if you're frustrated, I get it. But at, you know, on some level, um, what can you do? Um, you know, I, I don't think Ferber said this thing the other day, um, which I still think <laughs> would have been amazing. If, uh, if tech basically calls and UVA says, no, no, our team will be on the field. Um, I, you know, if they had f- like 30 dudes or 40 dudes or something left and, you know, a bunch of them are walk-ons and stuff, I mean, you were, you know, who knows what, how badly that would have gone. But Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it can't really work if, 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 I mean, Fuente said the other day that like they weren't even close. So, I mean, 
well, this it is also like a place where it would help be helpful yeah. if we knew what close was. Like, the, the and league, also now we know that they didn't call UVA to cancel; they called the league, right? And then they dealt with the league. So, yeah. Um. So anyway, let's 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 get on to the pro. Let's get on to the fun portion of the program. Um. Um. Dave had to leave the call and come back. Yeah, Dave got so frustrated. Yeah, yeah, he came back. Um, so let's <laughs> let's let's get on to the to the prop bets portion. Ferber, you want to explain to the good people what it is we do, <laughs> what happened last year, and then get into uh, this is the third year we've done it now. Um, yeah, we're all getting old. Yeah, but yeah, we do a few different categories. Basically, you know, we went through our game by game predictions last week, so now we're going to do some. There's a few that it's, you know, you guess the result. There's a few over-unders. There's some higher-lower stuff. There's there's some random wacky ones in there, too. So we just try to predict random things throughout the football season. Last year, Brad was the winner. Hey, eight, Brad was the winner. 18 props correct, yeah. Look at Dave that. had 16. I was, I was last. Um, last. Last week, I kind of joked that I had a good record prediction, so I wanted to make sure I got in that I was last in the prop bet category, or not given. Um so yeah, you guys just want to get into it, or do you want me to keep talking? I think we should just get into it. <laughs> um, all right, so let's so, get into it. So basically, anybody who out there doesn't understand what a prop bet is, um, essentially, Ferber is going to give us like a category, and and then usually some sort of number, some you know whatever, yeah. and we're gonna we're, we're essentially gonna give our uh, our prognostication on it. Um, I just want to say real some quick. of them are sort of like not really props they are just like fill in the blanks. right fill in the blanks. stuff. we call it prop but realistically a whole lot of them aren't props just for the record I would just like to thank the Academy and everybody who helped me uh, win that trophy last year thank you okay go ahead go ahead Ferber the big and one, also though, for the record we're coming in blind we have not got yeah that's true yes yeah. Ferber has not yeah, given I, us the I list always I'm, I'm at a little bit of an advantage because I got to think about it you know as I was doing them but um, I will also give you I'll try. It might be a little clunky at times. I'll try to give you some semblance of like what the player did last year or like what the number was, so you kind of have something to go on. Can I just say for the record, um, record that I'm really glad Ferber's in charge of this because I would be horrible at this. Anyway, go ahead, dude. <laughs> I got so many screens up right now, you don't even know. Um, <laughs> it's a lot. He's hacking the mainframe. Um, all right. So the first question we always do um, every year is, who do you think scores the first touchdown and how? And I added a caveat this year. How many yards? So I guess, Brad, you can go first. <sighs> Wait, I, I won. I should be able to go last. Uh, well, yeah, sure, I'll, yeah, you, you yeah, should go first. You yeah, yeah, I think that's the, that's I'll go, the... I'll go first. Yeah, that's the way it should work. I'm going to take a six-yard rushing touchdown from Brendan Armstrong. Wow, man. I think Wait, they're going to get down near the goal line, and he's going to punch one in. That was that was a really passionate pick there. You, uh, you really, really put your stuff out there on that one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, uh, you want to know what we guessed last year? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm pretty you. sure all of us guessed PK. Um, you said uh, you said Perkins rush. Dave said PK Kyer rush, and I said Perkins pass to Chapman. And the actual result, does anybody remember what the first touchdown of the year was last year? No, I have no clue. It was it was a it was a four yard yeah. pass from Bryce Perkins to Chris Sharp. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Pitt. on a, like leg or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was close. All right, uh, Dave. What's your what's your choice? I'll take a eight yard run from Wayne Tello Papa. That's a safe bet, right there. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, eight might be too far. <laughs> I was going to say I would I would have had it inside in. four. Good. Um, give me a give me a uh, seven yard touchdown pass from uh, from Brennan Armstrong to Tony to Tony Poljan. 
I, you know, I actually thought about the same thing, but didn't want to go there. We um, all think this offense is going to be explosive. <laughs> but this is, yeah, well, this is, yeah. <laughs> what if we, what if it'll, we said, I, what if you said like it'll a probably sem- be like a, It'll probably be like a pick six or something. <laughs> a 79-yard kickoff return by Tavares Kelly. No. Well, I remember last year I thought about picking – I almost picked Joe Reed to just take the first kick back for a touchdown or something. That would have been um, a flex. That would have been a flex. Yeah. So, on to the next one? Or yeah, did you have something it. else? Yeah, come on. All right. So, who leads the team in touchdowns? And you cannot count quarterback passing, passing touchdowns. So, total – like, if Brendan Armstrong – if you want to pick Brendan Armstrong, you're just oh, picking rushing. his rush. An, or or he could catch a touchdown pass. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, or – or you could play a linebacker. And have I'm gonna a go. I'll, I'll go first. I'll go Wayne Talapapa. Do you want a number? Or? A good... Uh, no. We okay. don't. We don't need a number. Okay, good. Because I don't want to guess. And that's my number. That's my guess as well. Wayne Talapapa. That's mine as well. I got. It's a safe one. Yeah, I mean, last year he led the team with 12. So yeah. I don't think anybody else was really close except for Perkins. Um, and we didn't. We didn't include Perkins in this last year because we, you know, we kind of knew that he would have a bunch of rushing touchdowns. So. I think we just wanted to try to guess. Last year, none of us guessed right. Brad said Hasis, and me and uh, Dave said Joe Reed. So, all right. Uh, we didn't do this one last year, um, but I was trying to replace some of the ones that we can't do because of the pandemic and everything. Who leads the team in total snaps played? Oh, so, okay. Offense or defense? Okay. I'll go first. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Olu Watimi. That was my, that's mine as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. Um, a lot of times it's linemen. Last year I don't I don't have the number, but I'm almost sure it was Perkins. Um Alua Timi missed a game or two. So I'm I'm like almost sure it was Perkins last year. Uh don't want Alua Timi too. No, let me score a point here. Give me um Dare to be different. Zane Zandier. Okay, that's a very safe one. I mean, well, not necessarily safe, but that's a good bet. I mean, um, I, I'm more inclined to go offense just because you know I don't know how many how long the but you know we'll we'll see if the offense is is any good, um, you know it should be somebody from the offense. But yeah, yeah, and this this year I'm not this year I'm not so tied down to Armstrong just because you know like I could see them working in some other guys, especially in that Abilene Christian game. Like I could see them you know him not having the snap counts that some of his linemen have. Yeah. And, and I um, can yeah, also like see that. Armstead playing like the entire second half of that game. Yeah, something something weird like that. We'll get to that later, though. Um, all right, so team turnover margin. Last year it was even, actually, mm. which is interesting. Give I me, had them at plus eight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me UVA minus. And this is this is be basically saying when I say minus, I mean that they force more turnovers than they have turned it over. Oh, okay for the record. Yeah. So plus then. So sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um yeah, plus 5. Nice. UVA uh, normally um just for a little bit of background, UVA usually has or like the last couple years they had a, a higher. They they had they had more takeaways than they gave away. Um which is why I think we all picked a positive number last year just because we expected their defense to kind of force a lot of turnovers and stuff but the, the offense ended up turning the ball over more, and so I think that's why they ended up at even. Dave, did you have a guess? Yeah. Um, just trying to think. I mean, this is, you don't have a lot of cupcakes on the schedule. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's another have... factor too, is we don't have the non conference games to yeah. pad some of these things. But you also don't have like the traditional crowd noises to to make checks and stuff difficult. So I'll go UVA like plus three or something. Yeah. I was gonna say I don't think plus. it'll be big. Mine'll be plus two. Um I expect them to be pretty even in turnovers. Um we don't really know what Brennan Armstrong's gonna be like as far as interceptions. I mean some you quarterbacks can be really good but just throw a lot of picks. Um Hopefully he doesn't do that, but he has thrown at least one in his career. So uh, I think he actually he had two last year. He has two. So, yeah. Yeah. One yeah he had six. the one that was a pick six. Yeah. Um, okay. Team scoring leader. I'll go first. Brian Delaney. Uh, yeah. I think it's pretty pretty easy one, but you never know. So I thought I'd give you guys a chance to pick somebody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm gonna stick with Delaney, Delaney too. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Yeah, we had we both me and Brad had Delaney last year and Dave had Perkins. So <laughs> All right, so last our, our last actual just straight up guess, single game point total. What was the what's going to be the high watermark for the season for UVA in, in points scored in a game? So and the game they're going to score against Abilene Christian basically. Um 57, 50 55, 55. <laughs> okay. 55. Abilene Christian. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do, man, I was going to do 50. So now you got me thinking. I'm going to go, I'm going to go out off the reservation because I think I might have won this category last year. I'm going to go off the reservation. I'm going to go 62 against Carolina. Yeah. Okay. And like wow. double or triple over. Wait, hurry up. Wait. For, sorry. For, we're going to pick yours and then I, I need to chime in here. <laughs> I'm going to say 52 against Abilene Christian. And just for the record, last year, we were all pretty close. Um, I had 56 against ODU. Nobody won because we said last year that you had to pick the game, like the right, correct right, game. Right, right. Uh, Brad had 50 against ODU. Dave had 52 against William & Mary. I had 56 against ODU, and it was actually 55 against Liberty. Mm. All right. So you guys remember last week we picked this? All right. I pulled that number yeah. out of the air. I just I swear to Is God. That what you actually I had? literally said the game was gonna be fifty five to uh to three. Dave had yeah, it see that's what I did last year. I went back and looked at what yeah. I did. Dave had so Dave had it at forty one seventeen and Ferber you had it at fifty two. So you weren't far off. How about that? All right, now that? we're getting into over unders and stuff. All right. So these are always fun. Over under games played <laughs> nine and a half. Ooh. Right now there's ten on the schedule with one pending. Smart and then they could also it. play. They could also play a bowl game, ACC championship game. We don't really know. Gosh, can I? Can I? Can I? Can it? This, can this be like how Dave never picks Virginia to lose to Tech because he never wants it to happen? <laughs> can I? Can I be like it's going to yes. be the over because I want there to be as much football as I can get? I'm going to take sure. the over. I'm going to take the over just because I think. I, I just have a feeling that like right now we're going through like a really bad time with students back on campuses and stuff. And I hope that things sort of even out in the next few weeks and, and, and things go well. So I'm going to say over kind of cause I'm hoping for it. So, but there could still, you could still go over and have one game not played. Right. So, I mean, if they get that tech game back on the schedule, that's still an over if they canceled one game or something. Yeah, I'll take over just because I, I feel like what the, if the ACC's uh, championship schedule date may not matter as much for making up games, especially if the Pac-12 and Big Ten are going to start. You know, the Big Ten's obviously already said they're going to start. Pac-12 looks like they might be. 
So there's really no reason for the ACC not to let schools make up a game even after the ACC championship game if it doesn't affect the standing. Yeah, and, and it, it seems like the Big, Ten, the Big Ten's thing today where they said they were going to do like the seeded draws or whatever. Yeah. That made me yeah. think the ACC might be like, you know what? What the hell? You can make up your games. Like, you know, you could do that and offer that as a bowl sponsor. Yeah. Offer your bowl sponsors a chance to sponsor those games and two birds, one stone. So, yeah. Yep. And you over. get the TV TV exposure and all that stuff. So, yep. cool. All right. So, all over. Um, obviously, that's not one that we did last year. Um, <laughs> we we'll never have to do imagine, it again. Imagine telling ourselves last year we were going to bet on how many games there were going to be. That would be weird. <laughs> um, all right. The next one, the next one is one that we do every year, and it's gone up every year. Longest field goal of the season, and I set the over under at forty nine and a half. And last year, I had it at forty seven and a half, and he went mm-hmm. over on the field goal late in the season, uh, forty nine yards. Uh, give me over. I'm going to go over as well. I think he gets a fifty yarder this I year. Say, I was thinking like fifty one. When's the last time UVA made a fifty yard field goal? Sure, it was Connor. It was Hughes. like Connor Hughes. Yeah. yeah, well, Ian Probably Fry had that one. Ian Fry had like a really oh, that one at the gun. That's right, he did. Yeah. yeah, I think he was in the rain or something too. Yeah, didn't his dad have like a heart attack one, at, like at a game? That was at BYU. Yeah. BYU. That's yeah. Good. yeah. Coached, coached by Bronco Mendenhall. <laughs> so you're gonna go over? <laughs> to yeah, I'll go over. Okay, everybody's over. Everybody's got a lot of faith in Brian Delaney. Um, I think that's a pretty good number though, because UVA hasn't even really tried a lot of 50 plus yard field goals. I don't think so. Um, all right, the next one. Team points per game for this season. Last year, the over-under was 30.5, and, and it was 33.7. This year, the over-under is also 30.5. Under. <laughs> I just put it right back where it was. Give me the under. Under? Yeah, give me the under. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to go under as well. I, I think for the season, I actually did the math. I had them at like 29.5, so I'll, I think that's about right. So I'm going to go under. I was going to go under. Now I'm going over because it's... <laughs> There's a you want to win to make it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know. Okay. I do want to bring this up, even though it doesn't really have anything to do Bragging with what we're doing right now. Uh, Terrell Chapman receptions last year. The over-under <laughs> was 25 and a half. Oh, I went way over on that. And, and Dave said over, me and Brad said under, and he had seven. <laughs> so, But he was on pace for like 50 for a brief minute. Yeah. <laughs> Literally a very brief minute. You know how like at the Olympics, um, hold on. You know how like at the Olympics when you're like watching like a like a swim event or whatever? And they'll show you that ghost <laughs> yeah, person, you know? Meters. Who like he's yeah. like it'll show you like how far ahead they are of the of the of the pace. For like thirty seven seconds of that season, man, <laughs> that dude's usage rate yeah. was about to be absurd and then it just like <laughs> went away. Terrell Chapman, we need to not, not nothing against him personally, but we need to have like a, a Terrell Chapman of the year award where it's like the person in the preseason camp videos that like we're like that guy that makes you, yeah that that makes you and say then, the most outlandish stuff. He, like barely plays. <laughs> he may have also he probably led the team in target percentage. So. Oh, he had to have. He had like to. When he was in the game. There was a while it, it was it was a thing last year. It'd be like, well, if they don't if they put early on the, the field, game. you know where the ball's going. Well, but early you know what though, Chris Sharp was like that too though. Man, when Chris Sharp was oh, out yeah. there, Chris Sharp was going to get the ball. It's yeah. like if Chris Sharp isn't blocking, he's he's scoring a touchdown. Yeah, it's, so. yeah, there was no in between. Yeah. All right. So this now year, rub salt in my wound. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, this year. So the reason I brought it up is because the next one is Terrell Jana reception seventy four and a half. Mm-hmm. And let's look at what he had last year because I believe it was seventy five. It's right around there. Yeah. yeah. I kind of. And last year he had. This is great radio. 
74. I kind of want to go over. I mean, that's a play. I don't know why. The thing is, dude, you, have to re- <laughs> you, have to, you have to remember, like, less, less games. games here. But also, he's going to be the number one guy, and he really didn't do much in the first half of the season. So it's like if you think he's going to keep doing that, then you, he could have 100 catches. Is he going to be the number one guy, or is the six foot seven, two hundred fifty pound tight end sitting wide open over the middle every play going to be the guy? Well, we'll get to uh, we'll get to him. Yeah, <laughs> so, I'm going to go under. Just I like Jana, but I think I mean he'd have to average almost eight catches a game to be over. Mm-hmm. You know, seven yeah, seven point four five. <laughs> yeah, but here's the well, thing actually, about Jana. Go under. I guess a little less than that. So. Jana can like go ham out of nowhere. Oh, he 100% can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at like his back half of the season, I feel like he was averaging like 10 catches a game. He's also going to get DB1 now, though. So that. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like yeah. he's going to be in the slot a lot. Like, I feel like oh, he'll he be in the same position. Yeah. I mean, like, you look at from the North Carolina game on 13 catches, nine, four, four, six, seven. So, yeah. I mean, that, that might be a little bit high. So I'm going to go under. Um, I think he'll end up in the 60s somewhere, but I feel like this, no- this number is pretty fair. Um, for him for the season considering we know his role is going to go up it's also worth recognizing that while he had 74 catches um joe reed had 77 and dubois 75 so those catches have to go to somebody um so i mean there there's going to be more catches of it and i think zacchaeus had like 100 the year before so we'll see that feels right all right wait did i officially right. go over or did i go officially go under you didn't say anything yet just do oh. it now. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go. I'm doing. I'm putting these all in the spreadsheet afterwards. I will. Um, I will last go. time I tried to keep track and it was impossible. I will go over. Way to be dare to be different. This all is right. Why, this uh, is, this is how you win. All I do. Yeah, is win. this is definitely how you win. And we're all gonna. And then the thing is, like halfway through the season, you're like, damn it, Brad's the only one that had the over. <laughs> like. <laughs> When it's like when when Terrell Jana has like 50 catches through like the first four games, we're gonna be like, damn, <laughs> we all should have taken the over. Um, all right, defensive and special teams touchdowns last year. The over under was two and a half, and the number was five. That's so this crazy. year, this year I set it at two and a half again. <laughs> again, uh, I'm gonna, games, uh, no jury. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go under. I'm going over, baby. That baby. Zane Zandier. Six is coming back this year. He's bringing it back. Agents yeah, I'm, here. I'm going over because I think the team's just gonna. I mean, most of your most of your turnovers come on quarterback sacks, and I think this team's gonna create a lot of pressure. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, so, and they're yeah. in the picks that they get. A lot of times, they kind of. I don't know Forced if they have like a high. Yeah, they're like they're like slants and stuff that can go the other way quickly, because um, UVA sits on a lot of the short routes, um, it, which is ironic because Nick Grant's pick was like way down the field. Um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, I'm going over, Brad's going under, Dave's going over. So, and you have to remember, like, you know, we don't know what UVA's kick return situation is going to be. I think two of those last year were Joe Reed returns, right? So, um, we'll see. All right. Longest touchdown of the season last year, last year, I'm going to, this year is going to be a little different. So last year I said it at 79 and a half and it was a hundred yards because <laughs> Joe Reed trying to kick hundred yards for touchdown. Um, which is weird because um, I went under for some reason, which is weird. Uh, this year I said longest touchdown from scrimmage, and I put it at 72 and a half yards over under. Hmm. 
So who's scoring a 73-yard touchdown? That's the real question. It almost have to be. I don't know. The longest know, touchdown. Got, Simpson can roll. Yeah, and you know you could have like a, a Tavares Kelly play or something. Yeah. I think the longest touchdown from scrimmage last year was like 65 or 67. Um, Perkins run. All right, I would. You know what I'm gonna it's do? I'm gonna take Shane play. Simpson. Give me Shane Simpson for 67 yards. So you're taking the under. Yeah, I don't really care who it is. It's oh just well, you, you said we, we were talking. Okay, fine. <laughs> I was trying to. Um, I was trying to give you more information. My bad. I'm gonna go what? over because it's more fun. I'm gonna go over because they're playing Abilene Christian, um, yeah. and it could just be a simple read option, and Brennan could take it 74, 75. So yeah, I'll go over. Also, just for the record, it's up to you guys. I don't really care. Do you guys want to count defensive scores from scrimmage in this? Like a 79-yard pick six yes. or something? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Count it. All right, I'm going over. That way I can root for long touchdowns. All right. <laughs> what do you do your, normally? <laughs> your, your guy, potentially your guy, Tony Poljohn, over-under receptions 28-and-a-half. Remember that Terrell Chapman number, oh. by the way, was 25-and-a-half. Can I say double? <laughs> you can. <laughs> That would be over. I, I looked it up. I looked it up for for reference. Uh, Tanner Cowley, I believe, had twenty eight or twenty nine catches last year. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, over. Okay. Easy over. You think he like crushes it? If he's healthy, I think he crushes it. Yeah. Okay. I think it'll be. I think he'll be over. I think it'll be in like the. I mean, he's gonna get a lot. I think he's gonna get a lot of looks for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we uh, there's you know there's some other things there like we don't know his chemistry with with. Uh, Armstrong and all that. I'm going to go over as well, but I think it's going to be closer to that number than than Dave thinks, I think. Um, I think the targets will be pretty even. I mean, last year he played 12 games and had 33 catches. So it wasn't like – it's not like he's, you know, drunk um, catching 80 balls or something. So I, I think it'll be like in the 30s. But I think that's a pretty good season for a UVA tight end, which, we again, that's another thing. We don't really know how they're going to use the tight end. So, all right, on to the next one. Wins over ranked opponents. Last year, I set it at 0.5, and it was zero, I believe. Oh, no, they had one. Um, who did they beat that was ranked? Virginia Tech. That's who it was. Um, Wasn't Carolina ranked when they beat them? No. I don't think so. Because I have it on the spreadsheet as one, Virginia Tech. Um, unless I was, like, cheating or something. I had, I had, un- I had, yeah, I had <laughs> under because at the time – it was like, well, Notre Dame's ranked, and they're not going to beat them. And they'll, you know, they'll beat all the teams they're supposed to beat. So um, this year I set the over-under at one and a half, which is higher. But this is before the Big Ten announced they were coming back, so you kind of have to take that into consideration. Because if you look at the poll, like Pitt is ranked now, Louisville's ranked, Miami's ranked. So, I mean, like not all those teams are going to be ranked when the Big Ten starts playing. Mm. Yeah, that's my problem. So I just don't know who's going to be ranked. Um, just yeah, so I think right now on UVA schedule, the ranked teams would be Clemson, Virginia Tech. Carolina. Well, Virginia Tech doesn't isn't on there. North Tech Carolina would be ranked. Yeah, Louisville, Miami. Um, I think that's it. But you Carolina. never. But but again, I made the yeah Carolina. I made the number before the Big Ten was going to come back. So I figured even teams like random ACC teams might sneak into the bottom of the poll. Just oh because yeah, they definitely would without them. 
but you could have like you were worst or something. Yeah. So what's the so. number? What am I? What am I going over under on? One and a half. Over under one and a half. Oh, under for sure. Okay, I couldn't remember if you said a half or one and a half. I'm gonna go under as well, just because I feel like so. I feel like once the Big Ten teams start playing, I think some of these like Louisville type teams will start getting like bumped out of the rankings. Um, but I think they're gonna teams. get one. I think they'll get yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, I'll go under too. Like, yeah, same thing. Big, you know, plus you got Louisville and Miami playing each other this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. But it's crazy because they're like seventeen. They're like seventeen and eighteen. They're not even like yeah. at the very bottom. So. And Carolina is what twelve. Mm-hmm. Which is mine. And obviously, probably. Clemson is number one. So oh, are they? Yeah. yeah. Good for them. Big shocker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. Program newcomers to start the opener against Duke, assuming that it gets played. Um, that means freshmen and transfers, people that have never suited up for UVA before. Over under is two and a half. Yeah, I'm going through the list. So you got to start thinking about, and and again, this is who they announce as the starters, not necessarily who plays the most. It's who's on the field for the first snap in the game. That's how. So when you say announce as the starters, what you actually mean is who takes the field and gets listed as a starter, not who's actually announced, right? You're just talking offense, defense, not special teams. Yeah, I don't care what they do on (laughs) division. It's what's in the what's it's what's in the UVA. Hey man, you said announced as starters. That's all I'm going on. Um, I'll go over because I think you got Henry, you got Simpson, you got Poljan, Poljan, like, yeah. and then and, and then, then you, you got the Amos on defense. Yeah. yeah, I think it's over. Okay, I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna say it's two because I think you'll have like some of those guys you mentioned. I think you'll have other guys on the field um, for that first snap. I think it'll be. I mean, some of those guys will be out there, but. I mean, if you look at the starters, like Lamont Atkins started like eight games last year or something crazy because they just kept running those guys out there first. Um, I'll go under, but I mean, who knows? I mean, for all we know, Lavelle Davis could be the you know on the first team, like you know, just going out there for the first snap because it's it, there's there is sort of like a an oddness to that first play. So, all right. So what are, what are, what are, remind, remind me what the. <laughs> what am I doing? It's here? over under two and a half of new starters. Give me over. Okay. That's fair. All <laughs> right. Quarterbacks that last year I did quarterbacks that take a snap and it was over under two and a half. This year I'm doing quarterbacks to throw a pass over under two and a half quarterbacks. Over. Ooh, okay. I'm going to go over as well. I'm going to take three. Um, it's kind of a crapshoot. Uh, they got that. They got the over last year because Lindell Stone played against Duke, you know, just like for a quarter. So, um, obviously, you have Keaton Thompson and, and and Armstead and Stone. I mean, they could get four quarterbacks in there. I guess that's actually what I was thinking. I was thinking four. Yeah, yeah I'll go over two just because. I mean, I think three or four are going to play, and traditionally, like if a quarterback gets into a game under this staff. They don't come in and just hand the ball off. They run the offense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll go over. Yeah, that's a safe bet. All right, last few here on over-unders. Zane Zandier total tackles. And the number last year was like 100. It was a really high number. Um, this year I set it a lot lower than that because less games. Uh, and obviously the risk of injury and all that. He was at 108 last year. I set it at 84 and a half. 
Part of the reason yeah. I said it's so low is because we had Jordan Mack last year. Yeah. <laughs> he had like a really big season, and then last year we set his over-under for tackles at like 100 or something. <laughs> he was like at 60-something. Yeah. I'm going to go under. I don't know why. It's going under. No, nah, that's that's a fair – I mean, I think that's right about – I think the number is pretty good. Um, I think he'll end up at in that range too. I'm going to go under as well, but just barely. I think he ends up at like 82. Right, give me the over. There you go. That's how you win the game, right? That's how that's how, that's how I did it last year. I'm gonna do it again. All right. Co- sort of similar to the defense special teams touchdowns. Kick returns. Kicks returned for a touchdown. Over under zero point five. So, do you think there will be a kick return or not? Basically. And when you say kick, do you mean kick or punt? Like, do you mean everything? Kick off. With, okay. Kick. You mean kick off return or say? Because mm-hmm. you know, technically, yeah. you know, it's kicks. You know, I can't even remember the last time you've ever returned a punt. Well, that was, the reason I was asking is because it <laughs> yeah. sounded like Brumfield was a little kind of excited about their chances of punt return. Um, Kemp had some pretty good returns last year yeah. as a punt returner, but he never really broke one for like a really long run or anything. Um, but yeah, I did kicks just because obviously Joe Reed returned like two a year in the last three years. <laughs> what, what, uh, what did you say earlier? Like, yeah, it's more fun. I, I'm going to go over just because I think that's more fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to go under. I think kick returns, you know, we, I think we're going to take it for granted. Like, they don't happen that often. So I'm going to say they don't have one this year. But I do think that they'll have some long kick returns that flip the field. So I'm going to go under, but I think they'll, have, they'll still have a good kick return unit. Yeah. I'm going to go over just because it's more fun. <laughs> and I do think our, our schemes are pretty good on the returns. So. Mm-hmm. And TK's, you know, TK had a couple he almost broke last year. So, yeah, I'll go over. Yeah. Also for Bonus the record, prop that – Hold on, wait. Go ahead. It, it, it's also fair to point out that, like, of all the years when you're probably not doing a whole lot of full, you know, full tilt, actual, you know, like, of all the things that are probably getting cut, right, in practices, you know, I could totally see where, yeah. the, you know, the return game is one of those things where teams just kind of hope they can get by. Or if you only got, like, 60 dudes eligible for that week, but – are playing yeah you know that's probably where you're not going to run out your starters yeah where, I, your... I do have a bonus prop for you yeah. guys that i'm not going to keep track of but it's just fun one in in uh celebration of joe reed's 45 yard return the other day does joe reed return one for a touchdown for the chargers this year absolutely that that is absolutely going to happen i think i think kick return touchdowns and joe reed just go together like peas and carrots, like they just happen. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to bet against them. My only concern is that the the rule with touchbacks in the NFL makes it. It's like really easy to get touchbacks. So I was surprised to see him return one at all. Um, but yeah, I think he's got a shot. I mean, he clearly has something. There's something there because he had a 45 yard return on his first game. So yeah, I'm gonna say no. But yeah. whatever uh, happened to you being such a huge I mean, Joe I mean, Reed there, guy? There's almost huh? no. No, well, the I mean, NFL, well, there's, just, like, there's just almost no kick returns anymore in the NFL. Like you don't see yeah. it very often. I mean, the kicker just decide to kick it out out of the end zone, like, um, and that's probably what they'll do for him now. No one wants to tackle on kickoffs; they make too much money. Yeah, they're like, let's just get out of here and get back. To <laughs> yeah, the just kick it out of the end zone, <laughs> idiot. That's funny. All right, here's here's our last over under. A little love for the the specialists. Um, Nash Griffin over under forty two and a half yards per punt. Last year it was like forty two exactly. Give me the over. Yeah, I feel like it's got to be over. He won't be punting. So yeah, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna say under because he's never gonna punt. Well, you're you're going with the Delaney special. Yeah, no punts this year. 
So no, I'm not him. I I just mean like UVA will never punt. This oh, year. okay. Yeah, they're not gonna have to. <laughs> can I, can I just tell you that if if UVA is in a situation where they never punt? Uh, <laughs> I, I want there to be every this game on the schedule. The <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, if you told me, if you tell me right now that like, UVA will actually not punt this year, I'll be like, well, they're not playing any games. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's a good. That's a good one. Like, damn it. <laughs> if you told um, me Clemson wasn't going to punt this year, I tell you they weren't playing any games. <laughs> yeah, they just run the ball in fourth and twelve. Yeah. Um. All right, so now we're into like our player just guess as close as you can sort of deals. Um, that we that sounded very Robert and Nyish for me. Um, you know that deal with that the deal thing. with the thing. Uh, that's a tough. Yeah. That's a tough. That's a tough deal there. That that's a yeah, tough the deal. One, <laughs> the one he had the other day was really good. I forget what he said about um, he. Man, what was it? Um, he said something, and I was just laughing. He was like, he can make every throw in the program. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. God, I can't remember. And then he was like on the, the on the field. <laughs> anyway, um, I guess nobody finds that funny but me. But sorry, whatever. I was away from the mic. Yeah, I laughed. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So the next one, Brennan Armstrong passing yards for the season. Just for reference, last year, Bryce Perkins had thirty five hundred and thirty eight in fourteen games. So that would be two hundred and fifty two yards per game. We're just guessing a total. Yeah, uh, closest to the pin. Closest to the last pin. year, price last is right year rules or no? Guessed, no, no price is right rules with these. Um, you're just One trying dollar. to get as close as you can. Um, last year, Brad guessed 2,550. I guessed 3,000 exactly. I actually got that one because I was off by 51 yards. Um, he had 2,949 when we tallied him up at the end of the regular season. So. <laughs> That was another thing last year when we did this. We specified that it would be for the regular season. Right. Um, There's nothing regular about this season. But this so year, but this year, but this year, I think we're all kind of operating under the idea that there only will be a regular season for UVA. But yeah. um, I'm gonna say like twenty-one forty somewhere in there. I was thinking twenty-one forty. Yeah. Twenty-four hundred. Okay, I'm gonna go way higher than you guys. I'm gonna say twenty-seven fifty. Hmm. That's like two hundred seventy a game almost. Yeah, that's normal. <laughs> Ferber's like, no, man, that's what offenses are supposed to do. <laughs> that's what that's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> are you talking just Brennan Armstrong? <laughs> just just Brennan Armstrong. Bryce Perkins, Bryce was Perkins close didn't last do year. 270 a game. Yeah, I think Brennan Armstrong's gonna throw for more yards. Oh interesting. Here we go. All right. All this run game talk's just been a big distraction. <laughs> yeah. From the from <laughs> and from COVID. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That'd be funny if like the coaches like really pay attention to that stuff. Like David Cutcliffe's like looking at the tweets, and he's like, <laughs> "Man, they said they were gonna run the ball." <laughs> Somebody give me the tweets. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's like Mike Vrabel who wore that "Just Give the Ball to Derrick Henry" mask. Yeah, yeah that's, that was pretty threw it the first three plays. All right, on to Derrick uh, Brendan Armstrong rushing yards. Last year, for reference, Bryce Perkins had seven hundred and sixty-nine in fourteen yeah. games. Yeah. Oh, 3.39 yards per carry. And that's also adjusted for sacks. So, wow. And we were, we were doing it that way. Cause that's how it's, that's how it's counted. That's how it's counted. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say five, I, I'll go give ahead. you my number. I'll go, I'll go first. 412. Okay. I was going to go a little higher than I'm going to go 550. Okay. I think he's going to run yeah, a lot more than uh, folks think. 
Yeah, I like that. I'll go six twenty-ish. Ooh, yeah, that's spicy. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure. You got like thirty-one hundred total yards. That's ten more yards per game than Bryce Perkins had last year. Yeah. But also, Bryce Perkins didn't run the ball much. He didn't run the ball much in those first few games. So and and Bryce got sacked a ton. Yeah, that's Um, true. He had a lot of negative yards at the beginning of the year, especially. All right, uh, next one. This is you just pick the winner. (laughs) Most receptions. I forgot that I did this. Most receptions. (laughs) No, he's not. He's not on there. Uh, Most receptions between this group: Shane Simpson, Rashawn Henry, Tony Poljohn, or Ronnie Walker. Wow. Uh, Henry. Yeah, so if you really want to go deep down the roster. Um, yeah, not that, I don't know anything about Ronnie Walker, by the way. That's a disclaimer. I just thought it'd be funny <laughs> he if he got eligible funny. and then somehow won this. I'm going to go yeah. Henry as well. I think he finishes like with 40 or so. Um, you don't think he's going to get But 90? I also think I think Simpson could be a sleeper if they start yeah, throwing the ball back yeah um or if he plays in the slot or something yeah or if they had the little shovel pass to the game <laughs> yeah yeah shovel option yeah all, I right. Pull John. all right on to the next one noah taylor sack total last year he had seven i was getting i was getting ready to say seven and a half before you said the seven so give me seven and a half it's a good number right there 22 no i'm kidding <laughs> 22. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 2.2 i'm gonna go i'm gonna so Can you good. imagine if he had two, uh, two and a half sacks a game? Oh I'm going to go nine. I like nine. nine? He said I like nine. <laughs> said I'm I gonna, like and nine. Taylor, and, and remember, Taylor, like, I don't remember exactly when he got all the sacks, but it felt to me like he kind of picked it up in the second half of the season. Yeah, so, I, was gonna um, say, I think a lot of them came. He had, a, he had a huge game at Miami. I remember that. I'm going to go seven again. I think he ends up with seven, which is a pretty decent number for a 10-game, 11-game season. Um, UVA's sack totals are always like really spread out. Last year, Jordan Mack led the team with seven and a half. Yeah. So, um, and also Charles Snowden has like never had more than five. So it seems like he gets sacks all the time, but he hasn't had like a very. It's many because sacks he's always week. like he he he's always like not. He has a lot of like PBUs. And yes. Stuff like yes. That. He's like he's like always there, and he has a handful of those plays a game where it's like well, he just barely misses it. He also he also gets a lot of tackles for loss. Yeah. Um, which you know, like he had that. ODU game where he had like 15 and a half tackles or something. Um, all right. So the next one teams rushing leader and how many yards they have. So I'll go first. Um, I'll go with Wayne Talapapa and I will say that he ends up with 505 yards rushing. Give me, give me Wayne Talapapa. No, I like how we seem so resigned to this. No, like, no, no. Wait, Wayne. no. Give me Brennan Armstrong because whatever <laughs> that number was, I just said a second ago, five fifty. Okay, well, give me that. I'll, I'll think. Oh. All right, cool. Uh, I'm gonna take Shane Simpson. Just a little bit more. I'll, I'll go like high sixes, just just above Brennan. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I thought about doing that. Um, I think they're just gonna use him more in like the Lamont Atkins sort of role, where he's like out and wide and they're doing all kinds of stuff with him. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's a fair play. All right. Jawan Briggs tackles for loss over under six and a half. So this is a pure potential bet because he had, Oh, he actually had three last year. So how about that? Three and 13, 15 right now. I'm going over. Um, 
Does okay. that name, put a number on it, or does he just say no? Like, just a, just okay. over under yeah, six yeah, and a half. Over, I don't know why I have it down here, but yeah, over under six and okay. a half. Mm, give me the under. I'm gonna go under as well. I think it's gonna be like five or six, which is very good for a defensive or like a nose tackle. Yeah. So, all right, most most touchdowns from this group: Billy Kemp, Tavares Kelly, Rayshon Henry. 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 Okay. I think I'm that gonna kid's go gonna have Kemp. a monster year. Yeah, I'm gonna go Kemp too. Uh, it could probably uh, Henry's. Henry has Henry's like the high like potential guy because he had you know, he's, he could be a red zone target where those other two guys maybe won't be. But um, I think you know Kemp Kemp uh, Kemp was really good the last few games of the year too. He just kind of got overshadowed by Jana's uh, play, mm-hmm. but he really Absolutely. came on. And Dubois had like a really big end of the season. Yeah. Um, all right, higher number. Armstrong total touchdowns rushing and passing, and any other touchdown you want to give him, or. Billy Kemp receptions. So, I mean, if you have Armstrong throwing for 20 touchdowns and rushing for eight, yeah, you'd have Billy Kemp yeah. would have 29 catches. So many guys that throw the ball too. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going, I'll just, I'll make mine quick. I'm going Kemp receptions. Um, but yeah, I think I think Armstrong's TD total could be pretty good. I mean, Perkins always had pretty good ones because he could run the ball so well. I'm gonna go Kemp too. Yeah. <sighs> Give me Kemp. All right. Higher number: Tavares Kelly receptions or Man- Mandy Alonzo tackles. And the numbers from last year: Tavares Kelly had 14 catches in 11 games, and Mandy Alonzo had 23 tackles in 14 games. Uh, Mandy. Okay. Brad? Um, Mandy. I'm going to go Mandy as well. I put these two guys together because they're both Miami guys. Um, but I think it's going to be pretty close. Higher number, Brandon Armstrong interceptions or Charles Snowden tackles for loss? Mm. Last year, Charles Snowden had... 11 tackles for loss in 14 games. I'm going Snowden because I don't want to deal with the other. I'm going to do the same. Yeah. But I think it's, you know, yeah, if he I has agree. like eight picks, that could be a route where Snowden ends up. So, yeah. Um, all right, cool. We're rolling right through these. Higher number, D'Angelo Amos all-purpose yards or Keaton Thompson rush yards? Um, all-purpose being returned. Yeah, this yeah. is a tricky one. Give me Thompson. Okay. Cuz I, I actually I do think Thompson's going to be in some stuff and run. So I'm going to go with Thompson as well just because we don't really know what Amos's return role is going to be, but I went back and watched his clips from JMU and that dude can return. Like I I'd be surprised if he's not involved in some way. Um I'm going to go with Amos cuz I went back and watched that dude's return clips from JMU and they're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so did I. That's what I just said. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Um, higher number: Joey Blunt interceptions or Ira Armstead pass attempts. Uh, I'm going with Blunt interceptions. I don't think Ira Armstead's going to have very many pass attempts, if any at all. I, give me Ira. Okay. Damn it! I'm going to take Ira too. The reason I don't think he'll have many passing attempts is because he's kind of like he's not like next in line to play. Like, 
Like it's not like oh we got to see what this guy can do. It's not like he's going to play next year. So um, I think he'll. That's what he'll, they do with their quarterbacks, man. If they're in the game. They're going to pass. Yeah, but I mean, we did the same thing last year with R.J. Harvey, and he didn't play at all. So, um, or he didn't play quarterback. Well, well. yeah. <laughs> on to the next. On to the next subject. Um, all right, name every player that's going to break the rock. We did this last year. <sighs> This is not Price is Right rules, so you can name whoever you want. Um, Brennan Armstrong. Okay. Uh, Wayne Telepapa. <laughs> All right. Two new guys. Uh, Neither of them did it last year. Uh, it's going to be an offensive lineman if they win. It's going to be the leader of the offensive line. I'll go Nelson. Okay. I don't think we've had a lot of offensive linemen do it. Maybe none. No. I don't think but any of them. They'll, they'll have a game this year where they really run the ball well, and they'll probably pull an offensive lineman up. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't think of a receiver this year. Jana for receiver. Okay. There's four. I think they're going to win seven. I've got to get three more. Give me Charles Snowden, Noah Taylor, and Amos. There. That's seven, isn't it? Yep. There you go. I think that's what I predicted them to win. I'll do, mine. I'll do mine real quick, and then, Brad, you can go last. I'm going to go Armstrong. Rayshon Henry, Billy Kemp, Joey Blunt, that's four, Noah Taylor, and Zane Zandier. That's my six wins. All right. I am currently pulling up the roster because my brain is apparently broken. Yeah. <laughs> the, right. the one from the last last year's group is weird. <laughs> if you actually look, because I have it written down here. All right, give me Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many wins did I have him getting? You had him at like think, seven or eight, didn't you? I think I had him at eight, but I'm only picking. Yeah, Dave had him at uh, Dave had, but Dave and I both had him at eight. All right. Well, what you can do if you want, you can pick. You can pick a coach because two coaches broke rocks last year. I'm just going with seven because we're supposed to. I don't want to miss. Yeah. Up okay. Give me Jana, Armstrong, uh, Snowden, Bernie. Uh, Delaney. Um, Blunt. How many is that? Six? Mm-hmm. All right. Give me... Uh, do I have to name the coach or can I just say a coach? Y- you got to name them. Okay. Uh, I'm actually... I'm actually... Uh. I kind of want to change. I want to do a coach, but I'm not going to do it. I'll just say it after you're done. <laughs> okay. Uh, Lavelle Davis. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. That's off the yeah. board. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, also give me um, Zane. Zane Deer. Okay. The one I almost did for coaches is a nine. Yeah. <laughs> he, ri- he rides off into the sunset breaking the rock or something. Is he ever even in the locker room when they do that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just goes home. <laughs> he, used to talk to, he used to talk to us after losses, and he was like, I don't do that anymore. Um, yeah, if you look at last year, it was Joey Blunt, Joe Reed, Perkins, Snowden, all normal. And then it was Nick Howell, which is very off the board. Uh, Terrell Jana, Tavares Ter- Kelly, Devontae Cross, and then Bronco Mendenhall. So, yeah. Um, all right. These are our last two. Name every player. This is Price's Right rule. So you can name as many players as you want. 
but you can only name players that if you name someone that doesn't do it, yeah, then, you then you're out. Okay. Okay. It's every player to score a touchdown. Okay. Last year, it was Wayne Talapapa, Chris Sharp, Hazis Dubois, Joe Reed, Terrell Chapman, hey, Bryce Perkins, Mike Hollins, Zane Zandier, Tavares Kelly, Tanner Cowley, Grant Mish, P.K. Kyer, Terrell Janna, Dontavian Wicks, your guy, Lamont Atkins, Billy Kemp, and Eli Handback. How about that? Eli Handback. All right, I'll go first. All right. Give me uh, Dontavian Wicks. No, I'm just kidding. Give me Kemp. <laughs> That'd be a hell of a way to do it. Give me Kemp Armstrong. Okay. Uh, Bratton, Jana. Bratton. Uh, yeah. Henry, um, Talapapa, uh, Simpson. Um, no, I don't want to go any more deep. Uh, Grant. All right. Um, Give me a second. All right. Davis, Starling, Poljan, Rawlings, and Thompson. Brad went for broke. <laughs> yeah. If you if you get all those, you're going to win. <laughs> yeah, you're 100% are. Last year, I was the only one who got Armstrong? this because I didn't have Armstrong. <laughs> Armstrong was the guy you guys both had, but he didn't score. Yeah. If Go he ahead. didn't score this year, we got problems. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll do Armstrong. Shoot. Brad laid the – I can either stop at Armstrong or go for it. Um, yeah, you can just do one play. You, you, know, you can just say, you know, Brian Delaney and call it a day or something. <laughs> Armstrong, Telepapa, Simpson, um, Jana. Uh, who am I missing on the wide receiver? Uh, Henry, I think will score. Kemp, I trust Kemp to score. Kelly, I can't. Um, Mish, Poljan, KT. I'll leave it there. I'm not bold enough to go defense. That's where you're going to cut it off? Yeah, that's where I'll cut it. Okay. I'm going to go pretty simple, too. I'm just going to go Armstrong, Talapapa, Simpson, Henry, Kemp, Poljan, Tavares Kelly. That might be my list right there. I think that might be it. I said Jana. Jana. Um, yeah, I think that's it for me. I'm going to stay right there. All these other guys could have them, but I don't feel really confident in it. All right, last one. This is one that will have ramifications for this podcast and our text thread for years to come. Uh, who is your guy? for the season, right? So Brad's guy is always Dontavian Wicks, even <laughs> though his claim his claim is dubious because we claimed it at the same time. Uh -huh. um, uh, that that we'll let we'll let you have that one. Uh, his other guys in the past have been guys like random basketball. See Doug Dowdy, who you guys know from the Roanoke Times, always comes in and says that somebody's Brad's guy and Brad's always like, how is that my guy? And it's always somebody random, like Cody Statman or something. Um Brad can attest to this, I swear. Um so who's your guy for the season? Who do you think is going to have a breakout year? A guy that's a little off the radar that you just you're you're champion basically. Guys that you're not allowed to take are like the profile high profile guys: Armstrong, Jana, Snowden, Taylor, Zandier, or Blunt. 
You can take anyone else. I would like to go last. Okay. Um, my guy this year. You read, Paul John. I, Paul John was on the list. You just read, right? Yep. No, he. No, you can take him. Okay. Yeah, I'll take him. Okay, that's your guy. I was thinking his name, and I couldn't remember if I was thinking it. And you said it because you said it or not. It's been a long day. But yeah, yep. that's my guy. You think he's up for a big year? I do, man. All right. So if he becomes Terrell Chapman 2.0, you guys can blame him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you better just. Catch I, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be solid because if nothing else, he's going to block really well. I was going to so. pick Yavinsky, but yavinsky has been my guy every year. <laughs> Yavinsky. <laughs> he's. He's, he's everybody's a, he's, guy. He's, a, he's the walk-on guy. Um, actually, the walk-on guy is definitely Paris Jones. Um, but this year, my guy is Billy Kemp. So I think Billy Kemp is going to have the breakout year that Jana had last year. Um, I think he he's a dark horse to lead the team in catches, I think. I think it's very possible. Um, I really liked how he played in the back half of the season last year. Besides a couple like weird penalties, Um if you go back and watch that Clemson game, he played well. Like he, he, I can't remember how many catches he had, but he played really well. I think he, he's ready for the breakout. He's going to get a lot more looks this year than he did in the past. And, and obviously he's worked with Armstrong for three years now. So I think he's going to be the guy that goes from role player to, you know, potential star in the offense this year. Brad, <laughs> are you going to do something? Are I'm, you going to do something real weird? I'm surprised you guys haven't guessed yet. I actually kind of thought, yeah, I thought I maybe have given away. Uh, give me Lavelle Davis. I th- yeah, oh, I yeah. think oh, Davis yeah. is going to have a monster season, comparatively. Um, listen, I like how you're doubling down on wide receivers now. So now you got two guys that can potentially get the ball next year. Right, exactly. Listen, you look, you go, you go to that roster and you and you sort it by position. All right, Virginia goes. Even Wicks is only six one, but Virginia goes six foot, six one, six foot, five eleven. Uh, six three, six three, six foot, six one, six foot, five eleven, five eight. All right. Listen, those are just the dudes with the numbers for the record. Um, Davis is six seven, and he runs really, really well. And every year, and he okay, got a number, and he yeah, and he, it, right. But here's the thing: every year, right? There's a freshman who like comes out of literally nowhere. But then you think about it, and you think, you know, Bronco talked about him early on, right? Last year, I think people expected Nick Jackson to be very good, but I don't think know if people expected him to play as much as he played and certainly to be as integral as he was later in the year. Um, UVA situation, a wide receiver without Wicks. I, I think Davis is the one guy who can get down the field and gives them size. And I think once they realize once they once they have gotten him to a place where his menu is um, is digestible. I, I kind of feel like he's gonna he's gonna eat he's gonna eat a lot. So uh, yeah, give me Lavella Davis. There you go. Boom. Did you guys have anybody else you considered? Because I had Nick Jackson was like my runner up, and then DeAndre or D'Angelo Amos. Amos was my um, yeah. Amos was my other guy. He's he's in the mix for me, and then also uh, I really almost took a flyer on Keaton Thompson because people were telling me he wasn't very good, and I think. Uh, I, I, obviously, like I'm not surprised he's not the starting quarterback, but I think there's something he can do to help the team. Um, but I feel pretty good about my camp pick. Yeah, I, would, I was almost going to go with Briggs because I think he's going to be like all yeah. the SEC caliber this year. 
Yeah, I mean, Knicks there's going to be something. a guy or two that we feel dumb for not having picked. We're going to be like, oh, of course, you know. Um, I think Briggs could be that guy. I think Jackson could be that guy for sure. Um, Lavelle Davis is definitely a more risky pick, but I think, he, you know, this the ceiling is the floor or whatever that Carolina expression is. I can't remember what it is. Um, ceiling is the roof. Yeah, I mean, that dude, you know, he's got talent. So yeah. I think he could be a good player down the road, if nothing else. So. All right. That's it. That's all we got. That's it. I hope that helped people understand what we're thinking. So right. I'm sure that we contradicted ourselves a bunch of times. And I'm we don't sure even too. Know it yet. Yeah. yeah. E- e- send all that email to Ferber. Uh, let's do this. Let's revisit <laughs> the zombie season and such next week, since we won't have a whole lot to talk about with Duke, and we have not seen UVA at all. Um, but we hopefully, Lord willing, the crick don't rise. Um, we will be able to uh, actually have a game week podcast for the first time in forever. Um, Hey, if some reason they reschedule the Duke game, can we just make can we just pick a random old Virginia game to all watch on our own and discuss next week? <laughs> yeah, we should put you in yeah, charge. I'll do, of that. I'll do a film I'll do a film room for from UVA, like Connecticut. Yeah. Let's go back to the here's the thing. If the Duke game gets postponed, let's go back and watch the first Duke game under Bronco. Or uh, Daniel Jones it. almost died. Yes, where, Jordan, that was a fun game. Where Jordan Matt gave us this yes. I was very happy to be. Uh, I will say real go. quick before we close the pod, it did really warm my heart to see Daniel Jones throw the ball straight up in the air to like eight straight, eight <laughs> Pittsburgh players the other day. I was like, man, some things just it they feels just never change. Three four. If you are somebody who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you get your programs. And if you're so inclined to give us a rating and review, uh, we appreciate that. It helps to get us out in front of more people. If you're somebody who's found the pod, has not given us a look at the website, yes, check us out, CavsCorner.com. Let's see, what do we got now? Right now you can read, uh, I had a thing on special teams the other day talking about sort of the position battles and maybe even Brian Delaney doing all three kicking duties. Uh, Ferber's final film room of the offseason posted, uh, looking at the cornerbacks. Uh, I had a column on how the schedule changes provide more stress um, for the team and for the coaches and, you know, for fans. Um, basketball is a thing that does also exist and <laughs> Virginia got its first commitment in 2021 this past weekend with, um, Tane Murray, uh, the four star New Zealand product. Um, so I've got a, a look at kind of the, the roster and the breakdown, um, coming up. And then also too, speaking of breakdowns, I took a stab at the depth chart, uh, on the offensive side today. We'll get to defense later in the week. So give that a look as well. All right. I think that's a good place to. Um, put a pen in it. Uh, I want to th- thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. I want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time as always. I very much appreciate all they do. So for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.